I want to take a second to just recognize uh, the leadership of this church, for one, for uh, allowing us to do this. We had uh, uh, a church picnic planned for this Sunday. I don't know if you remember that. And when everything kind of went down the way it did, you know, we decided we have an opportunity here where we can do something for our graduates. And uh, the leadership did a really great job of uh, allowing it to happen. I also want to thank parents here. We just watched a lot of baby pictures come up. And, <laughs> and as much as I enjoyed it, I know you did, <laughs> you did that much more, right? Um, and I'm sure as you saw your graduate walk down this aisle or you saw your, your graduate's pictures, you probably remember a lot of those moments. Um, and I hope that this is another moment that will be etched in your minds to be able to remember. Uh, but enough about you people. I want to talk about these six gentlemen sitting up here. They have reached an accomplishment, not necessarily today, but we're going to call it today because it's a different kind of circumstances, but we've reached an accomplishment that is a culmination of over a decade's worth of work. I want you to think about this now. When somebody graduates from high school, it's at least 12 years, I guess sometimes 11, right? But 12 years of work you had to showcase proficiency in something like 20 different courses of study. You had to be judged by something like 35 different teachers throughout your career. This is not something small. You guys have achieved something great. You should be proud of yourself. Not only in this moment have you achieved something that is an educational landmark, but you've also achieved something that is a Christian life facet, which is you have taken a God-given gift, something like perseverance, something like understanding, something like patience, maybe, and you've applied it to your life in order to achieve a goal, to achieve something great. I've already given you a big pile of stats to show you where you've actually, what you've actually accomplished. But please recognize that you have also accomplished something great in the eyes of God. So with that said, let's pray together and we'll get into the message today. Lord, thank you so much for this church, for this church family, for the leadership here, for the parents here, for the members here, for the graduates here. We thank you for this moment to be able to come and recognize an achievement that you have been an integral part of. We thank you for the perseverance, as I've said, and the patience of these graduates to be able to achieve something great. And Lord, help us to recognize them well today. Lord, bless each and every family here, uh, everyone listening, Lord. Lord, may, the, may your word be a blessing into their hearts and minds today. In your name we pray, amen. Book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Jesus had just finished talking, uh, or giving his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Pastor Doug preached from this, preached a section of the sermon last week, uh, if you were able to hear that. But at the very end, Jesus says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. 
When the rains and floods come and winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And today as we celebrate, we need to recognize that we have come to the end of one thing. But with the end of anything also comes a new beginning. At the end of one chapter, a new chapter starts. So the end of the first story of your high school careers now leaves you in a new world with new challenges, new decisions. Some very good things will come in the next few months for you. Some very good things are going to come in the next few years for you, I'm sure. But what you need to understand is any time change happens in your life, there is upheaval. There are storms, as Jesus calls them. Anytime we move from the end of one thing into the beginning of another, there's uncertainty. Uncertainty for what's coming up next. We've made plans, and everybody kind of knows where you're going next, even with everything that's going on in the world today with things shutting down and things slowly opening back up. We've still made plans. But even within those plans, there is still a seed of uncertainty. And so it is so important, moving forward in each and every one of our lives, I am speaking to the graduates today, but this is a sermon, so nobody fall asleep. This is for everybody. (laughs) So even with that grain of uncertainty, we need to make sure that our feet are on solid ground. That our lives are founded on something that will not shake, that will not move. And that will hold us up in the storms. At this point in your life, you are going to find that you have more freedom now to choose what you find yourself on than you've ever had in your whole life. As some of you are going to be moving away from home, you're going to find even more freedom to choose that which you find important for your life, that which you apply to your life. Please keep in mind it is so important to know what your foundation is. Now there are many foundations that you can uh, apply to your life. In many cases we like to call them life philosophies or philosophies of life. And our society has so many. Our world has so many of these. I want to tell you about a few of them. The first one, the first one, philosophy of life, is all about feeling good in the moment. Feeling good in the moment means every moment you have, you do whatever you want in order to feel good. And generally, that's how people decide or or feel how they can find true happiness. If you feel good, you'll be happy. The problem with living for the moment is that moments don't last. This moment right now, even though you may be feeling very good, sadly will not last. It might last for this whole week, and that would be great. It might last till about 10.30 when this is done. (laughs) There's food in in the gymnasium. It might last a little past that. I sure hope so. I'm assuming it will. I've smelt food. But these moments will not last, guys. 
life brings with it storms. Life brings with it tragedy. Life brings with it heartache. And the thing about living for the moment is when that moment is done, the heartache is still there. If you're living for the moment, then there is nothing to fall back on. There's nothing to give you lasting hope. Another way our society likes to mark success or even to find true happiness is by the accumulation of stuff. We call it materialism. And I'd love to condemn this a lot, but man, I like stuff. You know, having, having the right car, having a beautiful house, all these things sound fantastic. I'll tell you, I don't even need a perfect house, but a nice bed is pretty great. Right? In my previous careers, I've driven any car you can think of. Every single one of them. A lot of them are a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. A lot of them are a lot of fun. But these things, even cars, are nothing but plastic and sheet metal. Every single one of them. You can drive an Aston Martin or you can drive a Toyota. As, as one of my old co-workers, very wise man, told me, it's a steering wheel and a gas pedal. <laughs> Every single one of them. And I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I used to collect baseball cards. I loved collecting baseball cards. I still like collecting baseball cards. They're so cool, right? I used to, every time I'd go get a whole pile of them, and I'd take all this time to put them in cases organize them real nice. I'd study them, see if there's any flaws, because if there was a flaw, it'd be worth more money. Right? I'd check all the prices for them and keep them real nice in boxes. You know where they are right now? They're my parents' house. <laughs> they've, they've been in a closet for 17 years. Hey, there's... If my brother-in-law hasn't taken every one of the good ones yet, he might as well. <laughs> but the point is, you can put so much effort into the things of this world, into the stuff. And in the end, that's all it is. It is nothing but stuff. God forbid if an accident were to happen and those cards were lost in a flood or a fire or an angry mom for me not taking him out of the house yet and she tears them all up that's not going to change my life that's not going to change my life but imagine if you have invested so much into your car pristine runs like a dream and as you're driving through Harrisburg you get in a fender bender that would break your mind. If that car means more to you than anything eternal, losing that car is a tragedy for you. And now imagine, instead of losing a car, you get bad news from a doctor. You have to have life-altering treatment where will you find hope in that moment? 
because you won't find it in a house and you won't find it in a car. See, a foundation of materialism is nothing but sand, as Jesus calls it. It can be washed away with little to no effort of this world. So a life built on having stuff cannot thrive. But there is still one philosophy that's actually probably the most common in our world. I like to call it humanism. What humanism is all about is being positive, right? Instead of working to get stuff, you're working for achievement. You're working to better yourself. And it's the idea that no matter what the obstacle is, if you put your mind to it, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you'll get through it. And I want to tell you, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to be positive. It is not bad to want to better yourself. It is not a sin. It is not a sin to persevere. What the problem is with humanism is it also says, we don't need God. We have each other. We have ourselves. If we can all pull together, there's no reason we ever need to look to God to tell us what to do. I I used to work with an individual who was very, very much into this kind of philosophy. We talked dozens and dozens of times about uh, what, what's going on in our life and the issues we're facing and the troubles we're running into. And generally, her response was, I, well, I just need to really get the negative influences out of my life. I need to just stay positive. I need to get people who are positive, who build me up around me, and that'll fix everything. And that's not a terrible idea. It's really not. But the problem is, if she is putting all of her faith and something that is flawed. If you put your faith into only human and only things that are built by humans, it is flawed. What you need to understand is that you alone is not enough to weather every storm life throws at you. Your family alone is not enough to withstand the storms life throws at you. And see, so you understand, you alone cannot save you. A government cannot save you. A social movement cannot save you. There is only one Savior. There is only one. There is only one lifestyle philosophy of life, foundation that will stand firm through every storm life throws at you. There's only one. The sad part about my my coworker is to this day she is still one of the most miserable people I've ever come into contact with. For every positive influence she adds to her life, they very quickly turn negative because they start telling her about how she should change her life. See, the problem is when we decide what's positive for ourselves, there is no growth. You need to understand what God feels is positive for you. 
So we know a positive lifestyle is not going to change, or is not going to save you. Because the storms will come, your heart will break, you will have failure in this life. But if you stand on solid rock, as Jesus has said, you will survive the storms and you will thrive. Jesus says again in verse 24 that if anyone listens to my teaching and follows it, it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. So what was Jesus teaching? Well, we don't have time to go through all three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. But very quickly, let me, let me give you a little a glimpse into it. What Jesus is not talking about, which is something that many church-going folk will tell you, many church-going folk will believe this, well, as long as I do good things and I do my best to keep from sinning, then God will be happy with me and he will not send any storms my way. That is a misconception of God. Jesus did not say, and I won't send the storms. Jesus says, when the storms hit, you will stand. The Sermon on the Mount does not promise you safety, but it does promise security. If you read through the the rest of the whole sermon, it can be summed up for the most part in one word. That word is humility. Humility means that you promote God's glory, not your own. It's putting your own ambitions aside and listening to what God would have for your life. It's loving people who have wronged you. It's about offering what you have to those who do not. It's about your spiritual walk being between you and God and not for a spectacle to show off how pious you are. It's about letting God be God. Or I should say, letting God be God. It's not about what you've done. It's about what God has done for you. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. It's not about how strong you are. It's about how weak you can be and how strong God is. And when the storms hit, your life will not crumble because it's not your life. It's God's. So you have an opportunity right now. We all have an opportunity right now. As we have reached the end of one chapter and we start another. Today is Sunday. It's the first day of the week. That's the beginning of a chapter, folks. Each one of us has a beginning right today. You have an opportunity to lay a solid foundation for your lives. One that will get you through everything life will throw at you. 
You may feel knocked down. You may feel broken. But when you reach that foundation, you will know God is with you. He has not abandoned you. And you will not crumble. Deuteronomy 31.6 tells us, don't be afraid and don't panic. A lot of times these changes are going to make you want to be afraid and panic. God says don't because he goes before you and he will not leave you or abandon you. So what will you do? Will you trust God today for the foundation of your life? Jesus tells us that he is the only firm foundation. Will you follow him? Will you make him your foundation today? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your solid rock, your foundation. We thank you for holding us up in the midst of storms. Lord, we even thank you for some of these storms as they show us your strength and your power in our lives. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to give over to you that which would cause us to fall. Lord, help us to give over to you that which you could use for your glory. Lord, help us to take the example that these graduates have given us, the example of taking a gift that you have given for our lives and use it for your glory, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this moment where we are able to read your word, hear what you would have for our lives, and as it seems so simple, Lord, as it seems so simple, we know that it is not. We know that it is not hard to ignore our own personal desires. It is not, it is not easy to ignore the desires that this world has put upon our hearts, that the desires that the evil one has put upon our hearts. Lord, I ask that you would stand with us, that you would guide us, and that you would protect us. Lord, help us to make you our foundation. And lastly, Lord, I pray for these, these graduates today, the six high school graduates, the three college graduates. Lord, be with them as they enter this new chapter of life. Guide their feet, strengthen their hearts, and give them resolve in their minds, Lord. Put them where you would have them, and let them be used for great and mighty things in your name. Lord, we ask and pray all these things in your name. Amen.